Welcome to the My Third Bloom podcast, where we get into unfiltered conversations about the powerful journey of aging gracefully during perimenopause and menopause, breaking taboos and embracing transformation. I'm your host, Trisha Blake, founder, CEO, and chief awesome officer of My Third Bloom, where we are on a mission to empower those experiencing perimenopause and menopause. We're guided by empathy and fueled by innovation. We provide support, education, and resources. Whether you're navigating the roller coaster of hormonal changes or seeking a supportive community, you're in the right place. Buckle up and get ready to bloom with strength, wisdom, and grace. Hey, listeners. Oh, my goodness. I am so excited. Today is the very first episode of My Third Bloom. I have so much excitement. I am the executive producer for the Empowered in My Skin podcast, so it is great to be in front of the mic as as the host, and I'm super excited to introduce our first guest. Our first guest is a naturopathic doctor and founder of the Hormone Collective. She is a women's health expert and has a deep passion for helping women learn more about their bodies, especially how their hormones and monthly cycles are connected to their overall health. As a naturopathic doctor, she has the honor of blending modern science with natural therapies to look at her patients through a holistic lens, seeing them as individuals with unique journeys and getting to the root of why they may be unwell. After her interactions with her patients, she hopes that she helps them feel empowered to take control of their health and remind them that we all have the inability, the innate ability to heal. Welcome to an insightful episode where we will have an engaging conversation about all things related to hormonal health. And for our listeners out there, just a heads up, we might get into some hormone humor today. And me being the meno geek of late, uh, also some stats. So I'm actually going to start off with a stat. Did you know that on average, a woman will spend about 3,500 days of her life menstruating? Like That's a lot of pads. That's, yeah. a, that's a lot of tampons. <laughs> That's a lot of menstrual cups. That's a lot of bleeding. But please join me in giving a warm podcast welcome to Dr. Steffi D. Hello. Hello. You're my first. (laughs) Such an honor. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for saying yes. Um, I really appreciate it. Uh, so I think to, to kick things off, could you share a little bit about your journey with us and what sparked your passion and desire for specializing in women's hormone health? Mm-hmm. Yes. So for me, it was my own personal struggles with my hormones. Um, I, since I started my period for almost like 10, 12 years after that, I had horrible cramps where if I didn't take an ibuprofen every couple of hours, like I would be like vomiting, feeling nauseous, having to miss school, work. And it was something where I just found my doctor's answers just weren't cutting it after a while. It's like, okay, you can stay on these pills um, and that's kind of it. Or you could go on birth control to make the pain go away, but they weren't really telling me why it was happening. And then when I was about 25, I went to the doctor and got an ultrasound, a transvaginal ultrasound, and they told me I had a fibroid. 
And at that time, I'm like, wait, isn't this too young? Like, I thought mm. this is something that, you know, because my mom had fibroids. You hear of like women that are in their 40s, 50s. I'm like, I'm 25. And my doctor was just like, yeah, it's normal. Like your mom had fibroids. You have black ancestry. It's hereditary. That's, that's just is, is what it is. And so that kind of just really sparked my journey in terms of discovering my own hormonal health and how it can help my body. And at the same time, I thankfully was entering naturopathic medical school. Mm -hmm. And I was always just drawn to more like holistic, natural ways of healing. And it was my own hormonal hormonal struggles kind of was just like the catalyst for me. Um, to go deeper into naturopathic medicine. And then that Mm -hmm. just became a passion of mine. I was able to figure out why I was getting really bad periods. And now I can say like, I no longer have cramps. I don't have like crazy hormonal symptoms because I learned about the roots and I got Mm -hmm. to them. And from helping myself, like I just saw the power of that. And now I was like, no, I need to let all women know these things more about their bodies, like what's normal, what's not normal, what can we do? And that really just led me along this journey. And I've been doing this for the last like five, six years. And it's Mm -hmm. just, it's just such a passion and purpose of mine. So that's kind of where, where I started and I'm going. Thank you for sharing. There's something that I had read in the bio. Where does the, the hormone collective fit in? So that's my business. So that's my um, like online clinic, women's health clinic. Um, So as a naturopath, I see women one on one. Mm -hmm. But then I also um, have master classes. Um, I'm going to be launching like a membership soon for women to just always starting to learn more about their bodies and just get more and more education because a lot of this isn't talked about and we're kind of just left in the dark. Absolutely. Like a mushroom in the dark. I know um, I had my first transvaginal ultrasound earlier this year and I was like, couldn't anybody have prepared me? Yeah. (laughs) Prepared me for that experience. I think uh, the more we learn about our bodies, uh, the more we can be empowered to have a greater understanding of what what's happening to our bodies and to be more empowered to make informed decisions. Mm -hmm. So, you know, just even thinking about that, can we can we first define for our listeners, like just for context, when we speak about like hormone health, like what does that mean? Yes, it can mean so many things because we have so many different hormones in our body. Mm-hmm. And so usually when I speak of hormones, it's around um, our cycle as women, mm-hmm. um, like born biological women. Um, and so that's something where I say hormonal health, I'm talking about the periods, like experience around that menopause, fertility, mm-hmm. um, those type of experiences. It's one of those things where I guess it's just like a, often when we say hormones, we're talking about reproduction because there's right. many, many other hormones that are in the body that are important that I also look at and address, but I would say the two main ones that I'm really talking about is one called estrogen and another hormone called progesterone. Those are the main two ladies of the hormonal show, if you will. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The big actors. Yes. Oscar winning. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Can you walk us through um, like some of the key hormonal changes women uh, could experience throughout their lives and how they impact 
mm-hmm. you know, especially when you're, th- when you're thinking about um, estrogen and progesterone, how these impact your physical and your emotional well-being. Yes. Okay. So from a, a life perspective, I would say we have a couple of transitions that typically stand out a little more. Mm-hmm. The first one is in puberty, when we actually start producing more of these hormones. Um, and then we get into, you know, I would say the chunk, most chunk of our life where we're producing a lot of estrogen and progesterone. But then there comes a time where those hormones start dialing down. And that's when we would transition into menopause. So it's like puberty, what we would call childbearing years. I mean, you're given us choice if you want to or not. It doesn't, in essence, it doesn't matter because mm-hmm. your hormones are still going to need to do certain things from the age of like 16 to about 45. Right. And then we transition into menopause. And so with menopause, that's really just those hormones, estrogen and progesterone, they're starting to turn down to eventually shut off in the sense where you won't be ovulating and you wouldn't be able to get pregnant. Mm-hmm. So those you. are like the life experience Mm, the continuum yeah yes um in terms of like what those hormones do specifically that could be really helpful because they do different things Mm -hmm. but at the same time they influence each other and they have a dance between the two so i usually like saying estrogen she's like the queen of this show she's like the star lady and most of what we experience um as women is because of estrogen so what estrogen does especially when we're in puberty it grows our breasts we it makes us get periods and whatnot but it also is important for our brain health it's mm-hmm. important for our heart it's important for our bones um, we need it for our skin we need it for us to be able to put on muscle it also is like a, a feel-good hormone and it can also help with libido So it's like, these are the little things that we might not have realized that, oh, actually, let's say my sex drive, that's connected to my estrogen. The other hormone, progesterone, that one doesn't really get talked about a lot, but that one is super important, I would say, for more of that nervous system perspective. It's a natural like antidepressant, anti-anxiety hormone that our body naturally creates And so when we have good amounts of progesterone, we often feel good, meaning Mm. our moods are a little more stable. um, We can sleep well. Um, Those type of feelings and sensations are often connected to progesterone. If I were to like summarize it as much as as simple as I can. No, that's good. That's, That's really good. Especially when you think about like it dials down. So if your progesterone goes down, and you are starting to feel maybe not like yourself, either more anxious, sad. Yes. Then that could be an indicator of uh, some kind of fluctuation on exactly. the downside. Yes, right? 100%. And that happens to a lot of women in the what we call perimenopausal mm-hmm. state. So perimenopause, peri just means before. Yes. And so perimenopause is like the couple of years before you're body like shuts off that pr- production rudely just yes. shuts off it's, rudely <laughs> yes right and so 
that's it's helpful to know like okay like if I'm noticing that when I'm in this perimenopausal phase I'm more anxious I feel depressed I'm just not myself then that could be because your progesterone is dipping too low maybe too quickly Mm -hmm. this is where you can go to a practitioner to get support to help that um, transition so that your progesterone slowly is coming down and it's not nose diving Mm -hmm. how does that work with um because I know they a lot of uh people or some practitioners may talk about or influencers or whatever um doing the hormone testing but Mm. isn't that a moment in time so if my progesterone is very very low like am I supposed to go back and test it again like Mm. we're making decisions based on a moment in time right or is that not correct because there's more to it than just that test yes and that's very correct where this is where I say nuance comes in Mm. in the sense of so for me like as a practitioner I still run blood work to look at hormones but I factor in the timing piece meaning progesterone when it's at its peak is typically like a week after you ovulate Mm-hmm. that's when it's supposed to be at its high and so it could be helpful to run the test around that time because we want to see where it's at when it's supposed to be at its peak right because if it's low when it's supposed to be at its peak then that's telling us it needs a little more help big indicator exactly and so that is where the timing comes in because sometimes practitioners they could just run the blood work whenever but it's Mm -hmm. important to to know the timing and then sometimes it's again with some women in that perimenopausal um, even menopause state running hormones isn't as helpful in terms of blood work I often could be going more on the symptoms Mm -hmm. so this is where it's like the nuance the context and all of that True, true. So understanding that every person's journey is unique. You know, puberty was a breeze for me. I know that for some people, puberty was hell on wheels, right? Yeah. And then once I hit my early 40s, I was like, what in the sweet hell is this? You know, it was a bit of (laughs) another puberty. Yeah. Right. It was a bit of a shock for me. I'm getting pimples Mm. and and not just little ones, like big ones, acne my entire adult life, Mm -hmm. you know, really having a blemish and you know, and now as I'm in my third bloom era, I'm getting acne or hair sprouting in places I would rather it not. Like, yes. come on, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, many women face various symptoms during hormonal changes. And mm-hmm. they say that on average, when we're thinking about like um premenstrual symptoms, 75% of women experience premenstrual symptoms. Mm-hmm. I-, I think I I I might have been on the lower end of that because yes. I left out and again that's with the individual journey and body and everything else right and I would say even to me that as a practitioner that sees this all the time I think that stat is is um needs updating right yeah but what to updating based on your experience to to probably I think most women maybe 90 percent of women have experienced at one point in their in their life premenstrual symptoms so I'd say like probably 95 percent of women have right. experienced PMS to some degree. Right. And then they say for, I think it's the North American Menopause Society talked about it's anywhere from 75 to 85%. And that probably might need an update. 
experience some symptoms during perimenopause. And that could be from peri to, you know, yes. menopause to postmenopause, right? Yes. What are some common signs that indicate mm. a hormonal shift is occurring? Like I know we talked just now about moods and, you know, progesterone and things like that, but what are some common signs that indicate a hormonal shift is occurring and how can we identify those signals? Cause our bodies are telling us mm-hmm. what's happening and we either have no idea. How do we amplify that awareness? Like yes. what are the signs and how do we amplify our awareness? Cause I yes. think that helps. That is a great question because I think Sometimes we don't realize that our body is communicating with us through symptoms and we just chalk it up to like, okay, this is like, it's hormonal and that's it. Um, So there's so many different things that can stand out. First off, kind of understanding what your own, what I would say normal is like just knowing, okay, do I have typical symptoms that I, that I typically get around my periods? Then if those start shifting, meaning let's say your flow starts getting heavier, mm-hmm. something would definitely be happening there. Um, let's say you're starting to break out all of a sudden around your period. That could also be a sign that hormones are changing. Um, maybe your periods start skipping or they're coming a lot sooner. Something's happening hormonally. Um, usually I would say the week or two, before your flow comes, that's a little sensitive timeline. Mm-hmm. And if things start shifting around there, then that's a sign that your body is going through changes. So whether it be mood, changes in your flow, um, changes of when the period's coming, um, bloating it can often be a big one, like what I call water retention. Sometimes women can feel like they just feel heavy. Mm-hmm. at a certain time of their of the month that's a hormonal connection um the other ones to also look at that i find women don't realize is sleep oh yes yes <laughs> that one the, yes yeah because the thing with sleep is you can have those that aren't necessarily hormonal related but if it gets worse or amplified around when your period's coming then there's often a hormonal influence there this yes. is the thing like as a lot of our just natural biology is very interconnected to our home hormones. It's like we can't separate them. There's usually some kind of influence in some way for most of the systems in our body. But yet so, still we ignore them. Yes. Yeah. Like the the warning sign. <laughs> there, yes. there, there, there isn't the beep. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> right? Yeah. And I, I think that comes from just the lack of knowledge. And mm-hmm. even just as a, especially I would say the conventional medical community, they did a horrible job and at educating women. And, you know, it's like something where they didn't even start really understanding or incorporating a woman's menstrual cycle into like research until the 90s. 90s. Yeah. It's like we've been a part of the human, you know, race for millions of years and only until the 90s we're realizing like, oh, actually, maybe we should incorporate like some changes given that women have this different stuff that go on every month. Right. Yeah. Go figure. Right. Yes. <laughs> Here we are in 2023 going exactly. into 2024. Yes. And uh, 
we're just learning. But I think that's the great opportunity because, yes. you know, uh, depending on the generation, like me being a Gen Xer, just being loud and no, this isn't right or this doesn't mm-hmm. feel right. Where is this information and being able to question? But I also recognize that a lot of people are like, well, it's always been like this. Yes. Yeah. And that's the thing where I think um, some women before us, they d- didn't have the knowledge. And then it's also, it during a different time. Like the, just even just the internet has given us access to so much information and things that we never would have known before where it's just so different. It's just open. When you start opening up like, oh, okay, this is actually what's happening in the body and what's considered like healthy and what gets considered not, then you could start questioning things. Mm-hmm. Because if, if all you know is pain, heavy flow, then you're going to think like, okay, that's just what it means when you have a period. And it's exactly. Not, not, not even making the connection with sleep. Sleep I know is, is a big one. Yes. And trying to get a handle on that mm-hmm. it, that's it's a lot of work you know yeah. or oh well you know I get up every every night at 3 a.m yep for years when did this become normal like it's because mm-hmm. we've normalized that mm-hmm. those behaviors that are happening the things that are happening and there's help that's out there and so yeah. it's like to pause for a second and mm-hmm. question no I Yes, we're supposed to get seven to eight hours sleep, they say, mm-hmm. but I get them broken. Mm-hmm. And so that's like good to know about yourself. And then this is where, you know, you can try and optimize that because mm-hmm. this is also back to if we're going to connect it to hormones. When you have unrestorative sleep, that will shift how your hormones are acting. Right. And then because the shift in hormones, that also might feed into your sleep not being the greatest. So it's literally they're feeding into each other. So if we can figure out a way to get you into deeper, more restorative sleeps, then that will help your hormones. Yeah. That, that's my goal. My yeah. goal <laughs> of many. Of many. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But uh, thinking, switching, switching to, we're talking about sleep. I know another one, common one is the gut health and the hormones. And we're saying everything is connected. How is gut health and hormones, how are they related? And how does it play a role in supporting our hormonal health? Gut health is huge. And that's something that I see a lot of every week um, in terms of supporting it. So the reason our gut is so important, I would say, is for two major reasons in regards to our hormones. The first one being, we have to be able to absorb the nutrients from our food to be able to create hormones. If we're not able to do that, that means our hormones maybe aren't being created well, or there's a certain like pathway or process the body naturally has, and it needs certain nutrients to help it along the way. So if we can't absorb those, then already the hormones process would be struggling naturally. Mm-hmm. So that's one part. The second part is all hormones have a natural like life cycle, meaning they're created, they do their job, and then after that, they need to get disposed of. And so our hormones get disposed of through our gut, meaning we essentially poop out any old or extra hormones we don't need. 
So if we're not having great bowel movements, then that can mean that we're not getting rid of hormones that our body wanted to get rid of, and then we're recycling it. And so our body has like a certain, what I call like ideal threshold of the amount of hormones it needs. If it has too much, especially estrogen, then that's when we're going to start running into issues. So if we're not absorbing the food to create the stuff, and if we're not getting rid of it, that's where our digestive system could start altering how our hormones are doing. Mm. That is so important. Totally makes sense. Mm -hmm. So when you're talking about nutrients, like there's so there's diet culture, there's Mm -hmm. intermittent fasting, but when it comes to specific foods, Mm -hmm. uh, that women should focus on, is there anything that they should be focusing on to, to help promote Mm -hmm. better gut health, uh, to then improve your overall hormonal health? Yes. I would say the simplest way, regardless of if you fall into a certain type of style of eating is eating what's called whole foods, Mm -hmm. meaning eating things that are as close to nature as possible. And limiting the processed foods and so this is also it's like sometimes um, many share with me they don't even know what processed foods mean Mm. or what that can look like because it's become just so commonplace especially in North America and so I give an example of if you're in the grocery store Mm -hmm. typically the whole foods are things that would be on the outside So it's like the vegetables, the fruits, the fresh meats. Um, The other thing that wouldn't be on the outside, but would be considered whole foods is like if you're eating any type of beans, legumes and whatnot, you also want those if you're consuming those to be simple, meaning Mm -hmm. you just want the legume. You don't want, let's say, black beans that have some kind of calcium phosphate or whatnot preservative in it. You just want black beans kind of thing. Read the labels. <laughs> yes, thousand percent. That's like a something I'm a huge supporter and advocate for is reading your labels because the food industry is infamous for getting you to take up the product oh, and yes. just read the front without really understanding. Because you'll see things I'll say like great source of fiber. You've caught my eye. (laughs) Yes, right? Or it's like, oh my gosh, this is organic. Or it says gluten-free. I'm hearing all these buzzwords. This should, quote unquote, be healthy. But then we have to read the label in terms of, okay, does it have preservatives? Like what's actually in there? Sometimes things will say like a great source of fiber and it's really not. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. this is where the marketing can start confusing a consumer that might not be aware to buy things that they think are healthy when they might not be. So all of that to say is if you can eat more whole foods, whether you're vegan, vegetarian, whether you eat meat, whether you do intermittent fasting, if most of the time you can eat real whole foods, then that's something that could be supportive for not only hormonal health, but overall health. Excellent. Thank you. I hope that's so important. Stay mm-hmm. along the aisles, walk yes. the perimeter. <laughs> exactly. Yes. yes. Don't go in unless you have to, you know, you yes. need to pick up some things. Maybe it's for cleaning. I don't know. Yes, but, exactly. Uh, yeah. 
but stay no. stay away from the chip aisle the the, the candy the, aisle sugar the candy aisle the sh- yes the sugar is another really big big one too and sugar's in everything it hides it hides so yeah. well they add they even add sugar to some conventional table salt i didn't know that what like no, you know like i'm actually gonna like, read my my salt it depends like, oh, it's just sea salt you know himalayan yeah, sea salt. Well, well, if it's Himalayan, that's even like a step up. But even like, you know, like back in the day, you'd find you get salt in that like the white and blue box. Yeah. So like that, salt. Yeah. It's like a cardboard <laughs> box with the little metal thing that yes. would come out of it. Some of those companies will used to put sugar in it. It might not be as much anymore. I feel like there's certain evolution where some most people might even gravitate gravitate now towards like a himalayan salt which no typically won't have sugar in it but Mm -hmm. this is the simple reminder to start reading your labels read your labels eat the whole foods Mm -hmm. you know really limit um limit your processed foods yes Mm -hmm. those are some yeah gut health and hormones yeah, they are good. everything is interconnected it's like it, you can't get away <laughs> and it's so true and this is you know many times I speak with patients where let's say they're coming in for heavy bleeding and period pain come to realize we're really working on optimizing their gut because let's say they're constipated and they're not going to the bathroom then that's going to affect their estrogen mm-hmm. when you have when you have high estrogen you can have heavier periods, pain, acne, bloating, all of the, all the whole gamut. And then when you have low estrogen, like when you, when so when you drops, have, yeah. So when you have plummets. low, yeah. So when you have low estrogen, that can feed into things like fatigue, weight gain, low libido, um, vaginal dryness. So that's like on the opposite end. Right. So are there any misconceptions with, a lot of these, uh, the hormones that are out there, like understanding your commitment to empowering women. You know what I mean? Let's address some of the misconceptions. If we're not getting the information and we're trying mm-hmm. to get awareness, um, you know, we're out there believing some of the common myths as it relates to our menstrual cycles, as it relates to hormones, um, us, us, us just not being aware of the hormonal changes that are happening regardless of where you are on that continuum mm-hmm. but even maybe more so like if our listener demographic is going through perimenopause and menopause mm-hmm. what's the prevalent misconception about women's hormone health that you often encounter yeah that menopause or perimenopause is going to be hell <laughs> if I'm if honest, like if I'm just going keep to real, keep it real, keep it real. I'm gonna keep it real. I was just I was gonna ask you. I'm like, can I like how real can I keep it? Very real. <laughs> <laughs> There's a huge conception that it's going to be a terrible experience, mm-hmm. and it this is where I share it doesn't have to be because we also still have to acknowledge for some it's not a positive experience. Yes, but know that that's a way that your body's talking to you and showing us that there's imbalances happening and we can shift that transition into menopause so that it's a little more graceful and mm-hmm. it's not just very in your face see what you uh, did there blooming with grace i like that <laughs> right so i would say that's one of the biggest misconceptions um i would say the second one is that whatever your mom experienced is what you're going to get. That's not always true either. Mm. 
um, that can come up quite a bit with some of my patients. Be like, oh, my mom's menopausal experience is horrible. So now I'm scared. I'm going to yeah, have, I'm going to have that. The fear. It can be something where I say it can give you insight on what's possible, mm-hmm. but it's not something that's black and white and set in stone as in, because my mom had it, I will. Um, and this goes back to the influence of that interconnectedness in our health, mm-hmm. where, as I was sharing before, a lot of women that are in the perimenopausal menopausal phase, they're carrying so much in their life, where it could be like divorce, kids, aging parents, you know, selling of a house, all of those things puts a huge stress on your nervous system. Mm-hmm. When your nervous system is overwhelmed, it will 100% affect your hormones. And if we we're to really, you know, simplify things and get to a one root cause, if you will, even though that's not true, but if we were to just needle it down to one thing, mm-hmm. when we have a very stressed and overwhelmed nervous system, the likelihood of your perimenopause and menopausal experience, the likelihood of it not being good is high if you have a lot of stress in your nervous system. And so I think this is why so many women have struggles with that, you know, phase that they're in because they're just carrying so much. There Mm -hmm. is a lot of stress in their system. And sometimes it's not even what's happening now. It could be things that you might not have even consciously dealt with from the past. Yeah. Still there in the nervous system, which will affect your hormones. And we hold on to that. We hold on to that for years and stresses. Yes. Carries, you know, disease, they say, you know, as well. And just cortisol and that other hormone that we, we say it, but what does it really mean? And, you know, what supports are there? Are we to try and regulate that? Yes. Make that better. Mm -hmm. So thank you. Thank you for that. I think before we wrap up, let's have a little bit of fun. Yes. If you could give one piece of advice to your younger self Mm. about hormonal health, what would it be? It would be that what you're experiencing isn't normal and that there's like other ways to start looking at how to heal yourself. Because, and I'll give you context, because when I was younger, I used to think like, okay, this is just part of what's, you know when you're a woman you're gonna have Mm -hmm. horrible pain (laughs) and that's just gonna be it and there's no solution other solution other than painkillers yeah and that's not true it's thousand percent not true so i think it just yeah just knowing that what you're experiencing is very real Mm -hmm. but it's not necessarily normal it's your body trying to talk to you and pay attention and listen. Yes. So for our listeners, yeah. I was like, if we all knew that. <laughs> right? <laughs> listeners, <laughs> if we know that, take the lessons, take the yes. takeaways. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> I know that you're my first guest. Hopefully we can have you back as yes. one of our resident experts. But please let us know where can our listeners find you? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram. I'm really active on there so if you go to at doctors 
d. Find me there. We can connect. You can see all of my posts, a lot of different reels and whatnot. So awesome. 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 And you also mentioned that you're starting, you're launching a new program. Is that in yeah, the new year? I mean, in the new year, I'm going to be launching a membership where it's going to be a monthly um, um, connection where I'm, I'm going to build a community where we're going to work on different health topics with women and just get us more educated and different challenges we'll do. Cause this is a thing too. It's like having the knowledge, but then how can you start implementing it on your day to day? So that's awesome well we are going to stay tuned and looking forward for that launch and send hopefully some of our community members from my third bloom yes will be a part of your program so there you have it we've just embarked on an amazing download on hormone health from dr steffi stay tuned as we continue to unravel the secrets of aging gracefully hormonal harmony and empowering ourselves with knowledge. Steffi, thank you for joining us being my first, you're my very, very first guest on the My Third Plume podcast. And uh, I guess with that, we're out. Awesome. Bye. Thank you for joining us on this episode of My Third Bloom. If you found value in our conversation, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Your support means the world to us and helps us reach more incredible souls like you. Remember, you're not alone on this journey. Connect with us on social media at My Third Bloom, visit our website, and be part of our thriving community. Until next time, keep blooming and embracing the beauty of your third bloom. This is Trisha Blake signing off with peace, love, light, and grace.